Arizona Power Trip during Ram Power Days going on now at Bettenhausen Ram on 159th Street in Tinley Park. There's no time like now to grab life by the horns. Your best Ram buying experience starts now at BettenhausenCDJR.com. Welcome to the Hockey Show presented by Bettenhausen Automotive in Tinley Park and Orland Park. The Hockey Show on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, and the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? Here are your hosts, Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Well, let's have a conversation. And I don't think it's going to be much about the power play or the 0-6-2 start. It's probably going to be the least amount of hockey that's ever discussed on the hockey show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. Brian, how you doing? Had better weeks, um, like every Hawks fan or hockey fan who's gone through and, and digested everything, um, trying to sort out the good guys and the bad guys, and unfortunately, not many good guys. Um it's tough. I mean, I'd love to hear from season ticket holders today and lifelong Hawks fans about how you're dealing with this and how you're kind of working through it and sorting it out. Where, you know, where's your, where's your fandom these days? I mean, how long is it going to take? Is it irreparable? Uh, is it something, you know, this too shall pass with time? Are you willing to say they, they finally got around to doing the right thing, even albeit late? Um, so many questions still to be asked, and um, we'll discuss as much as we can within the next hour, certainly. We want to hear from you, 312-332-3776. How are you processing what happened to Kyle Beach and what didn't happen from the former senior management of the Blackhawks and, and where we go from here? Um, first of all, let's the tragedy is, is Kyle Beach and the other survivors and what they experienced from Brad Aldrich and, and how they've had to deal with it going forward the collateral damage what what you were talking about brian and to the fan base and everyone else of course pales in comparison to what the the victims have endured but but it is something you know i know i've struggled this week with what we learned and how you know where does this organization kind of stand in 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 my world i mean we were all in on this team. Uh, this team was, this city was in love yep. with those, those cup-winning teams, with Q. And non-hockey fans were pulled into the fray. And it was, uh, it was a runaway train. I mean, I mean the old idea that there were only 20,000 Blackhawks fans back in the days when that I was... was debunked quickly. Yeah, when I was covering the, the team all through the 90s, uh, up into 2000, and every time they had a press conference, it was to fire a coach or GM, and Pulley would come back or whatever. It was it was a it was an embarrassment because they couldn't get any of the hockey decisions right. But I don't profess to be good friends with John McDonough, but I've always respected John McDonough. And matter of fact, the day he was let go by the Blackhawks, I tweeted out the Blackhawks if the Bears had a brain cell working. They should get on the phone and, and make him president of football operations up at Hallis Hall. It, to my point is the character. I always thought I knew his character. Now, I understood and heard how, uh, you know, how he ran that organization. 
and it was his way or the highway. And every day he would say, bring me greatness. And, and throughout the Jenner and Block report, you heard from many witnesses, not by name, but said he was a dictator, basically. And he, he was the final decision maker, wanted to be, even to some witnesses' thoughts that the most minutiae, minor issue that he really shouldn't be dealing with as a president, he inserted himself in that situation because that's how, how he ran that operation. Um, but I always thought I knew the character of the man. When I read the General Block report, for him to claim... He doesn't remember much of that meeting. I mean, again, I don't remember what I had from lunch yesterday mm -hmm. or a lot of days. You have one of those meetings in your lifetime. Right. You're not talking about, you know, a meeting to figure out the next road trip. Right. Or even who we're going to draft. You're talking about a meeting an hour after you've clinched a spot in the Stanley Cup for the first time forever. About sexual assault allegations. And no one, according to the general block, there were differing uh, accounts of that meeting from the people in that room. But Joel Quenneville and, and John McDonough in particular, incredible is diplomatic, flat-out CYA lying is, is the harsh way of saying it. They say they don't remember much of it, all of anything, flat-out liars. They have to live with that, and that's how I'm going to start thinking of them. I, I don't understand how people in power... Don't stop sexual predators when someone like Kyle Beach comes forward. And there's a pattern here. It was not long after Beach was assaulted that the Jerry Sandusky situation finally was dealt with at Penn State. But that went for years of still had... The key pass to get into still going to the games. Yep. I mean, that's like that's a Aldridge at the at the cup parade on the cup. Like, what are you doing, people? September 14th. Now, he was brought in by the director of human resources, who, by the way, looks I mean, you talk about an amateur hour. That person who left the organization, I, you know, good luck trying for her to get another job because she was in up too. so. They call him in after McDonough in that meeting, May 23rd. They finally get around to telling HR June 14th. They finally bring him in. HR with general counsel or a lawyer representing the team says, here's how it's going to go. We'll either conduct an investigation or he can resign today. Severance, uh, playoff bonus money. And then he says, by the way, I'd like that day with the cup. So on September 14th, after, as Paul Vincent said, Yesterday to the Tribune, the fact they let him have the day with the cup, it said never should have happened because they knew what he did. But yet they let him. So this week they asked to X out his name off the Stanley Cup. But a full few months after they they dismissed him because what they were told happened and they didn't investigate it. Then they let him go ahead and act like, you know, he was a big part of this team, which, OK, maybe his job he actually was. But how do you let that charade go on and, and support that and endorse it? It's, it's remarkable. Got to give Rick Westhead, the investigative reporter in Ooh. Canada. I don't think we're here today talking about this, Brian. And I don't think Joel Quenville is without a job and Stan Bowman is without a job and the Jenner and Block investig. I don't know if any of that happens if it wasn't for Westhead. 
because remember how this thing started? It was quickly said, you know, there's no merit to this. To, and, and like details, the Vincent uh, interview was was a key piece to this because that was someone on the inside saying, no, 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 no. I was told about this and I took it to these people. Yep. And they said they were going to do something and they didn't. So the other thing is the the Kyle Beach interview on TSN on Wednesday night. Uh, courageous for him to do that. Uh, one of the most emotional interviews I've ever seen. And we asked, you talked about just the the nature of seeing Aldrich with the cup and, and celebrating. Kyle Beach was asked, how did he feel when he saw Aldrich celebrating with the team after he had gone to management with his abuse allegation? To be honest, Rick, I think the only way I can describe it is that I felt sick. I felt sick to my stomach. I reported this. And I was made aware that it made it all the way up the chain of command by Doc Gary, and nothing happened. It was like his life was the same as it was the day before, the same every day. And then when they won, to see him paraded around, lifting the cup at the parade, at the team pictures, at the celebrations, it made me feel like nothing. It made me feel like I didn't exist. It made me feel that I wasn't important. And it made me feel like that he was in the right and I was wrong. And that's also what Doc Gary told me was that it was my fault because I put myself in that situation. And the combination of these and him being paraded around, them letting him take the Stanley Cup to a high school with kids after they knew what had happened, there's no words to describe it, right? There really isn't. Doug Gary, of course, is James Gary, the uh, Jim Gary, the Blackhawks mental skills coach and counselor uh, at that time. Um, Kyle, how you, you've carried this for 11 years. And I don't even know if it's possible to put into words the impact it's had on you. Can you try? To be honest, Rick, I'm just beginning that process. I suppressed this memory and buried this memory to chase my dreams and pursue the career that I loved and the game that I love of hockey. And the healing process is just beginning. And yesterday was a huge step in that process. Um... But until very recently, I did not talk about it. I did not discuss it. I didn't think about it. But now that I'm beginning to heal and I look back, it, it definitely had impacts on my life. I did stupid things. I acted out. I snapped. I did things that I never, never could imagine doing. I relied on alcohol. I relied on drugs. And I'm just so relieved with the news that came out yesterday 
that I've been vindicated, and I can now truly begin the healing process. That was Kyle Beach on TSN on Wednesday. Uh, you know, there's so many mixed messages here from the Chicago Blackhawks organization. You alluded to the fact initially in April, I believe, they came out and said, we've done our own internal investigation. We believe these uh, lawsuits lack merit, and uh, we will be exonerated when it's all said and done. And then we fast forward to this week where, thankfully, they did empower Jenner and Block to do a very, very as, as thorough an investigation as you can do without compelling people. They don't have subpoena power. But they did talk to 139 different people, uh, including 21 current and former players. They did. Some people said, thanks, but no thanks. I've got no time for it. But they came out with a completely different conclusion as to, yeah, there's merit here. Yeah. There's more than merit here. So they eventually got around to that. This week, moving forward, they've instructed uh, the team's lawyers to talk to Kyle Beach's attorney, and she also represents the former high school player who was assaulted by Brad Aldrich. He ended up going to jail for that assault for of a minor. Um, and th- to come to a fair resolution, how do you monetize a former first-round pick who never played in an NHL game? How You just heard a broken man there, mm-hmm. right? He's playing a third-tier... German hockey league team playing with them now. Right. Never to play in the NHL again. We'll never know. Never played in the NHL. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, yeah. We will never know what talent he did or did not possess and how he would have developed. First round pick. Right. That's what I'm saying. So what is a fair resolution? How do you, how do you project? You took, a, you took his career away because of the way you handled this. Um, if you had handled it properly... You, you can come to your own conclusions and figure out, you know, who's telling the truth, who wasn't telling the truth, whatever. But he's playing hockey for the love of the game right now. He's not making any money in Germany on a third-tier hockey team. I don't know what the fair resolution can be. I assume the attorney is going to say, well, we're 11 years removed from a first-round pick who could be making, if, if he was of the town of uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, he could be making max money. You don't know. I mean, it could have been a bust of, of a draft pick, too. It's money's not going to heal him either. No, no. But but that's the next step. You know, it's my understanding that this week the Blackhawks and Beach's representation right. will, will sit down and they'll begin talks about a, a lawsuit settlement. And we'll see where that goes from there. Mike from Arlington Heights. Uh, welcome to the hockey show, Mike. How you doing? I could be better. I was a victim uh, when I was four. And it never leaves. I've been to the mental institution, countless times in drug, you know, clinics. And it's with me. And it's, it's not tough for the black lung. It's tough for people like Mr. B, myself, and it's not who, why, no one ever believed me, and I turned to crazy stuff, you know, suicides, and it's not a joke, it's painful. And they should not get away with it. My honest opinion is what they did is worse than what Sterling did. 
and I appreciate it. And your producer, tell him thank you so much. <laughs> you have a good day, Mike. So Bye. so sorry for no, what, what you endured, and Mike. I hope I hope you have someone you can talk to and, and start working through this the way Kyle Beach is doing it. It's not obviously an easy thing to do. You talking about when, when yes, I trust and all that good stuff, but it just it's it's ruined my life. My father graduated from Dartmouth. His cousin graduated from Harvard, and I'm just some loser. No, you're not. No, you're not. nowhere. So, but, but thank you. Hang in there, please. Thank you so much. Bye. He talked about people not believing him, just like Kyle Beach said people didn't believe him, and. You just might say it's not a joke. Unfortunately, in the culture of sports, too often, it's we heard Jonathan Taves and and you know allude to the fact that they were joking about it in front of the Sutton Hotel, and you know obviously Kyle Beach said he was called homophobic slurs on the rink, on the ice, around the rink, in the locker room, in the hallways, whatever. That culture to hear John McDonough in this investigation. Basically, tell people, well, how could that happen? It had to be consensual because he's so much bigger than Brad Aldridge. You don't understand how this happens. You don't. If if a guy who's five foot six or whatever Aldridge is, and and is much smaller in stature in than than Kyle Beach, if he's saying to a first round pick, "I will make sure you never play an NHL game," and you're twenty years old, and and you might just believe that that this guy is he. If you read the report, he grooms these guys. He tries to tell him how he has a direct line to Joel Quinville and that anything he tells Joel, good or bad, Joel weighs seriously as, you know, inside information or, or it helps shape Joel's opinion of the player. He's exploiting a power imbalance. Absolutely. He has an upper hand on the player. He was telling, in this case, Kyle, I can get you playing time. I can get you on the ice. I have, like you said, or I a, could bury you or I could bury you. Conversely, you know, you're either going to be on the fast track to being a, a member of the of Blackhawks or you'll never play in the NHL because that's how much power a video coach has. And a 20-year-old kid doesn't really know what to believe or not to believe. He's hanging around. This This guy's making sure he hangs around these young minor league players who he makes believe that he is part of this Blackhawks management structure and is actually has more power than he, he ever probably did. How are you processing what we found out this week? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Your calls on the other side on the Hockey Show on ESPN One Thousand. The Hockey Show presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app on the FM One Hundred Point Three HD Two and on ESPN One Thousand. The Hockey Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. We're back on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Brian Hanley, Pat Boyle with you. 312-332-3776. Not a traditional type of show for us this week. Not a lot of talk. We're not going to talk about that 06-2 start. Seems a little pointless with everything that has uh, been on earth this past week. And the lines are lit up here. And uh, you guys want to talk. 
So we would like to have a conversation with you. Let's go to let's go to Phil in Lake Zurich. Phil, good morning. Welcome to the hockey show. Good morning. I am a huge Blackhawks fan. I actually held two of the Stanley Cups, and I have a little expertise on this area. And I just have to say, these players need to get educated. They cannot stand by these guys, Dan Bowman and the McDonough's and whatnot, and say they're good guys. Now, I understand how, you know, Jonathan Taves or Patrick Kane might have a commitment to these guys because Patrick Kane, if you remember, had a lot of trouble when he came into the league, and they probably took him under the wings and saved his butt. But I will tell you, these guys are bad guys, and they're doing bad things, and they're ruining people's lives. And I have a daughter who's 16, and I can understand how someone of authority has the power to tell a 16-year-old, you're never going to play volleyball again, or you're never going to play a sport if you don't conform to certain things. So I understand the power. But these players, they need to get educated and stop talking. You know, like uh, these guys are doing them favors. They're just commodities. At the end of the day, they could have ended up just like the, anyone else who has been sexually abused. So I'm just really pissed off at the way the players have handled it. They need some education. All right, Phil, thank you for the phone call. Um, they also, the organization, did Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tapes no favors. They were the only ones put in front of the media to answer questions about this. Danny Wirtz, Rocky Wirtz, had their, their Zoom conference when they disclosed the Jenner and Block report and the fact that Stan Bowman was being allowed to resign because, as Stan said, he was going to be a distraction. I mean, he should have been fired. Um, but to put... And look, Jonathan Taves, I hope, would like to have some of the things he said in, during that media conference back because it didn't do him any favors to come out and defend Stan Bowman and Al McIsaac the way he did. But as Phil just said, I mean, they did have that. The relation, they're, they're in this bubble, this, this Blackhawks bubble. So many pro athletes really don't know, and coaches in particular. I mean, I don't know how many coaches I've dealt with in any sport who really have no idea what what the news of the day is outside of right uh, of, of what's going on in their little meetings and and getting ready for the next game that's how insulated they are yeah and it's my understanding again a lot was going on Wednesday night right. you know as we were approaching our pregame show cuz it was early against the Leafs you know Kyle was that interview was being released in Canada and so there was almost real time reaction to this so my understanding is Kane and Taves went to the Hawks and said that we would like to talk tonight. Well, Kane's in COVID protocol. Right. He's at home. Taves played in a game that night. I don't think there was really any way for Taves to see the beach interview. But to me, both had to see the interview before they, before they spoke. Absolutely. Because that was what... Everybody in that room that was talking to these two, that's what was on their mind. That that we got to find out who John Doe was and we heard his story firsthand. And, you know, it was a 30-minute interview. And to, like you said, to have, to be talking about the other people that lost their jobs and how their life is affected and and not have that same type of conversation about what they had seen from Beach, it, it just looked 
tone deaf. Yeah, and it was tone deaf because I, you know, I get it. Stan Bowman's been good to Patrick Kane and and Jonathan Taves, and and they appreciate they you know believe that the man they know is Jonathan Taves. Paraphrasing here is like a good man, and he may be that as a first year GM working under basically a a guy who's quote unquote extremely controlling, according to witnesses, what they told uh, Jenner and Block about. Um, the way John McDonough ran that organization. Um, and he said, basically, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. I remember Sun-Times did a, a feature on him that when he cleaned out the organization and put in people he thought were going to be doing a much better job, he said, this job is not for the faint of heart. That's the way it had to be. So, though, you know, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane know Stan Bowman certainly is a man who's enriched their lives and given them no movement clauses and max contracts, and they've made Stan Bowman the the hockey GM of of repute that he is before this. So I get that whole thing, but to put two players in front of the media without much preparation and have them come out with those tone deaf statements of of support, Jonathan Tate said, "There's no way Stan Bowman should lose his job and just make him go away." Well, that's basically that's the real world. That's how it happened. If, if this happened in corporate America, it wouldn't have taken till this week to, to sort this thing out. And as soon as they figure out who did what or, hit, more importantly, who didn't do what, you would have been shown the door and security would have ushered you out the building. Um, but, the, you know, but that's, again, Rocky Wirtz and, and Danny Wirtz can issue their statements and say we're going to do the right things moving forward. But the right thing is now to step in front of the microphones and answer questions. What was your investigation that brought... What, when you initially said that these lawsuits lacked merit, you were so certain that you were going to be proven correct. Who did the investigation? How deep was it? You know, eventually it got to an independent investigation, and you get credit for that. But it took you a long time to get there. And what motivated you to get there? Um, I have a proposal moving forward because they want to make amends to the they talked about the community the letter they made to blackhawks fans and we're going to be better and we understand we're going to win championships the correct way and we have we know we have to be better to our partners and to the fans i think if you want to make amends some people can't stomach to go to the united center right now and it's not just because they owe it six and two start it's not because you have a bad hockey team that doesn't seem to be able to figure out how to play hockey under this coach that's a different conversation but for the people who really are are struggling with being a blackhawks fan now because they found out you know some of the people they celebrated are not the people they thought they knew or that they wanted to celebrate anyone who bought tickets including season ticket holders before this report was released this week offer them a refund offer them a refund put your money where your mouth is you know the league has fined you two million dollars not enough in my world okay um, a million going to sexual abuse organizations, that, that's all well and good. And the NBA probably might, might have been $20 million, whatever. But if you really want people who don't want, you know, they put their hard-earned money down, they wrote those checks, and right now they can't stomach the idea of going to the United Center and applauding anybody, offer them, send out a letter, and any, you know, anyone who wants to, to give up their season tickets will write you a check right now for the balance. If you bought single-game tickets... Before this week, and you want to return those tickets in, we'll give your money back. And hopefully, by our actions moving forward, we'll show you we are going to back up our words. We're going to make a good faith effort to to be an organization you want you're proud of again. But do that, okay? 
because 5,000 people didn't show up the other day. Um, what, 3,000 didn't show up on Sunday before this all came right. out. It's, you know, because it's, it's not a very good product right now. Right. But I think the 5,000 might become seven or 8,000 next time because people are like, you know what? I don't want to get in the car, spend four hours, five hours of my time. I've already, you know, I'll eat that, those tickets because I, I just don't, I, I don't want to be part of this right now. So give someone, give people an option to say, thanks, but no thanks. You know, check back with me in a year or two and I'll, I'll let you know if I want to get back on the Blackhawks bandwagon. What's next for you with the Blackhawks? And how are you processing everything you found out this week? 312-332-3776. With Brian Hanley, I'm Pat Boyle. This is ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Hockey Show. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. The Hockey Show. Presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. Conversation with you today on how you feel about this team and everything you heard this week and, and, and where do we go from here. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's check in with Mike in Clarendon Hills. Mike, welcome to the show. Gentlemen, um, question is, what did the Chicago media know? How how could all these adult people never say anything after the fact? And when did Sopel and Boynton make their comments known? Well, if you uh, have been following this story, Mike, um, Sopel and Boynton came out uh, this this summer. Right. And basically, when, when the reporting that Westhead did... Uh, became more mainstream it for a lot of a lot of this time wbz broke the story that lawsuits have been filed against the blackhawks and then westhead in canada kind of took the investigation to another level and started finding vincent and different people who were part of the organization and had some key information about how things were handled Sopel and Boynton said everybody knew. Um, that has been uh, refuted by some of the players on the team, namely Taves and Kane. Patrick Kane, uh, Jonathan Taves said he became aware when guys outside the uh, Sutton Hotel on a, a training camp meeting at the hotel, out in front of the hotel, were talking about that. And then he realized Aldrich had been let go a few months earlier, so he assumed, as he said, that was the beginning and the end of it. They took care of it. Patrick Kane, it was interesting, in his interview Wednesday, he said, I was pretty close to Cal Beach. We'd go out to dinner quite a bit, hang out together. And then in the next breath said, um, I, this is the first, basically the, the, this week or, or the lawsuits were the first time hearing about, so I don't know how close. I, he basically said he never heard of any of this stuff, never heard the slurs, never heard the, the, you know, the insults on the ice or around the locker room or rink. It's not a very big locker room, and it's 20, 20, you know, 23 people or whatever. How do you claim, if you were to believe Nick Boynton and Brett Sopel and, of course, Kyle Beach, that everybody knew, how does everyone's memory get murky here? And 
Jenner and Block said limitation of witness memories hampered their investigation because, quote, memory is malleable and subject to alteration over time. That's correct. But when it's something, I can tell you 20 years ago, you know, lighthearted conversation in the hallway at the United Center because it was an interesting, somebody said something funny or I ran, you know, uh, Penny Marshall had John Paxson cornered at, at the Staples Center with her little, uh, I think, Brooklyn Dodgers cap or right, whatever pulled right. down. And, and Pax is waving at me like, you know, come and save like, me. Yeah, like you need to be, to, be I, surely. I, yeah, I need to go talk to somebody because, you know, he, he was done with her. I mean, stuff like that, stuff that you you're, when you're around a team, you just run into things you never sure. would expect. I, I'll remember that always, right? You're in a meeting or you're on a player on a team where these things are being said and, and people are trying to get under Kyle Beach's skin by saying, do you miss your boyfriend? Uh, you know, he says everybody knew. Nick Boynton said every. What Nick Boynton and Brett Sopel have nothing to gain from this, right? I mean, they 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 just. They, uh, but they're they're estranged with the the Blackhawks organization. Full disclosure. Right. So they're 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 not exactly um, seeing eye to eye with the team. So, so they might have an axe to grind. Maybe. But I mean, they're going to th- indict everyone on that team by saying everybody knows. Well, I, I, you know, whether twenty guys knew. 20, you know, clowning the Black Aces, 30 right. or 14. I, I mean, does it matter? No. Well, it doesn't matter the, the volume of players that knew. I mean, I guess it, I guess well, it does because it comes down to now well, there's some players that are allegedly not being honest. Well, not only that, it did my, uh, matter to Kyle Beach because to get to this point where he's – the, the incident – was going to be harmful enough to him as a person, but then to have people bringing it up sure. and and making him even more of a broken man. You heard the, our first caller saying, "I'm a victim." No one believed me. No one, you know, they, you know, people joked about it. That gets Kyle Beach to where he's this week. Where if you watch that video, I mean, how do you not feel for somebody who's been dealing with this? Even though he buried it, he said, "I don't. I didn't think about it for all those years." I didn't talk about it. Didn't tell, you know, he told his mom she cried, told him never to bring it up again. You know, he didn't, he wanted to pretend it didn't happen using drugs and alcohol to, to self-medicate to get through this. Um, so adding on when, when his peers were compounding the situation by making him feel like as, as the mental skills coach, Jim Ger- Gary told me, you know, well, you, you know, you, you brought this on yourself. You put yourself in that situation. You know, where do you? Where, I mean, that, where does it? Where does that? How, how does that even? Be, you're mental. You're you're supposed to be there to help people psychologically, right? And you're blaming the yeah. victim. Yeah, it's, it's 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 unconscionable. It's it, as far as the question of what did the media know? I can only speak for for myself. In 2010, I was not in the role that I am now with the Blackhawks as far as their pre post host and their intermission host. Uh, I started that in the 11-12 year, but I did cover the 2010 Cup team as a reporter. Uh, I did not did not hear of it, did not know of it. Um, but again, I, I you know, obviously players on the inside. There's you know there's certain things that that are kept in the locker room sure. and talked about, and things that aren't. Um, and I, I, you know, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think. I don't think anybody in the media knew that this had happened. No, Kyle Beach not... said it, they, some of those slurs were made in front of media. Now, I don't know 
who that entails, whether it's, you know, broadcast partners, if it's, you know, on the road, uh, people, you know, covering other teams. I don't know who that is. But speaking of Kyle Beach, today, interesting day for people getting around to doing the right thing eventually. He's going to meet via video conference with Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL. Now, Kyle Beach said in that interview the other day, he told the NHL long before he fought this lawsuit that you need to look into this. He said that fell on deaf ears. He said he's also meeting with Donald Fear, right? Via the video head of the conference today, association, who he said was told on multiple occasions, and that he knows firsthand that Donald Fear directly was told about this. And as he said, your only job is to protect players, players. and you failed to do so. Even though I'm a minor league player, and I don't know where, really where I fall within the players' association in terms of importance, Donald Fear. You put a, issued a statement apologizing and saying we'll be better moving forward, but never really said. Again, I want where's hear, the accountability there? Like I want to hear from Gary Bettman. Why were you told about this and you, the league failed to investigate? I want to hear from Donald Fear. Were you in fact told on multiple occasions and you failed to act? Don't tell me you're going to be better moving forward, because if you you're no better than Joe Quenville, Stan Bowman, and and John McDonough right now. Because you were made aware of something, you should have taken it at face value and investigate it and figure out what exactly was going on and who did what or who didn't do what. And today, they're finally going to get around to the victim all these years later. Shame on all of them. Your call's on the other side, 312-332-3776 as we wrap up the hockey show on ESPN 1000. This hour brought to you by Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. Coach Fitz and the Wildcats host Minnesota, Iowa, and Purdue this fall. Tickets on sale now at nusports.com. You're listening to The Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Call us or tweet your comments to at ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Back on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. Coming up next is Chicago's College Tailgate with Chris Black and Adam Abdallah getting you ready for a big slate of Saturday college pigskin, including Michigan and Michigan State teeing it up in East Lansing at the top of the hour. Um, we'll go back to the phones in just a second. Where, where, where do you think things go from here, Brian? I mean, I... I the way I felt about my alma mater's Michigan State and uh, following the Larry Nasser um, news and and everything and and him going on trial and going to jail, I mean, I was really disgusted with yeah. my university. Sure. And I do some fundraising for him here in Chicago and host some events. And I I told them I said, look. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going on a stage and trying to raise money when I feel this way about this university. And it, it's one of those things where it stays with you for a while. You don't want to wear the, the clothing. You're, 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 it affects everything about Think you. Think about how that made you the man you are today. That experience of going to that university. Yeah. You probably have lifelong friends. I know I do. Mm-hmm. Right? People that were roommates or on the floor. We hung out together. And and when you get on the phone, talk to him today, it's like you're back in school. Absolutely. You pick up right where you... That is such a huge part 
of whether it's high school, college, it, it shapes you in, in large ways, right? I can't even imagine what, how conflicted you were during that whole thing and maybe still are today with, I mean, you were once proud to say, I'm a Michigan yeah, State guy. Yeah. You want to go back to East Lansing and go to football weekends and be part of it all. And then when that all comes out and, and you know, people turn a blind eye to to kids being victimized. The president of the university who I've met with, had met with and discussed things. Yeah, you know, I'll go back and we're apparently getting some calls saying people don't believe Kyle Beach. You, you can, you know, read the report and draw your own conclusions and feel the way you want to feel. I remember a month or so ago before we got to the Jenner and Block um, conversation, we had a caller who was very certain that he knew this was a money grab, not only by Kyle Beach, we didn't know Kyle Beach's name at the time, but John Doe, and also the high school, former high school player who was not only assaulted, but Brad Aldrich spent jail time. Nine months in jail. Because they found him to be guilty of assaulting a minor. And the question is, did the Blackhawks give recommendations, not only Miami University, um, but also to that high school to let him be part of a, a coaching staff of being around minors to the point where he sexually assaulted a 16-year-old. And I remember saying to that caller, okay, you know, you're very certain of this a money grab and there's nothing to any of this. I said, what if that was your 16-year-old son or your 20-year-old son in Kyle Beach's situation? How would you feel then? If Kyle Beach comes to you as a parent and says, breaks down, says, this happened to me. Okay, where's your moral certainty then? You can, you know, say it's all about a dollar grab or money grab. It, it, if it hit home like that, if it hits home as an alum of Michigan State, if it hit, hits home as a Blackhawks lifelong fan who was so proud of three cups for a, an organization that had been so dormant and off the radar forever because they couldn't get the hockey decisions right, because you celebrated all this. How do you feel today? And it, it's not an overnight thing. I think there are a lot of Hawks fans that are going to struggle with this as you struggled with your... Uh, alliance to the university, and I don't know how much time has to pass and what the Hawks have to do to make it right. Let's go to Jeff in Pennsylvania. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Uh, I've been a Hawks fan for 30 years, and never once have I questioned my loyalty to the organization. Uh, I live in Pennsylvania, so I don't get to see all the games, but I go to Washington, I go to Philly to see them play, and I mean, this this last week is rocking in the core, and you know my kids have Hawks jerseys hanging in the closets, and I don't even want them to put them on right now. I don't want to put mine on, and it's going to take time, and it hurts, and and it's the negligence and and how they handled not reporting it that is what really hurts. The, the act was un, ungodly, but. The results and the ramifications are just as bad. Um, I'll hang up and listen to you guys. Thanks. Jeff, thank you for the phone call, and uh, we we understand where you are right now. Yeah, and, and you're not alone out there. Um, and, and there are some Hawk fans who this you know, doesn't even matter to them. No, it matters more is they're 0-6-2, and, and eventually they're going to have to get to the hockey decisions that have to be made here because it's not working, and it's not working in a, in a big way. Uh, for this team under this coach and moving forward, how quickly do you come to conclusions that either this, we're going to just ride through this and, and because we have full faith in Jeremy Colleton and the staff and now Kyle Davidson is the inter- interim general manager. Is it a, um, is it a talent, a roster situation or is it a coaching situation or is it both? And how much 
time as Kyle Davidson sit with the interim tag before you go out and find somebody else if you don't think he's the guy to do it. And and how attractive is that job? I know it's one of 32 or whatever, so I get it. But it's going to take a man or woman of, of great strength and character to want to come in here and say, I'm going to help write this ship. And it, it might be a very difficult job to sell to hockey veterans or people who could do this job and do it maybe better moving forward to get you to back to those winning championships you talked about in your letters and your statements. Brian, I'll see you next week. Thanks to Tyler Aki, our producer. Chicago's College Tailgate is up next with Chris Black and Adam Abdallah. Blackhawks on the ice tonight in St. Louis. Pre-game at 6.30 on NBC Sports Chicago. That's going to do it for the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. We'll see you next week.